This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. He's been advisor to Presidents Clinton and Trump, and now... He's here to advise us all. Dick Morris is on 77 WABC. Hi, good morning. Good morning, Dick Morris. Happy, happy Easter weekend plus one. <laughs> I'm here with Doug DiPiero. Who good morning. Keeps me keeps track of the calendar for me <laughs> and also designs it. He's an artist. He's a motorcycle and car repairman. But I'm not a biker. Yeah, you bike. Yeah, but I don't like What's that thing you ride all the time? (laughs) I'm a motorcycle enthusiast. Looks like a a bike. Absolutely not. Um, So at Mar-a-Lago and and generally, uh, I'm always being asked, how does Trump do this? How does he manage to bear up under these incredible strains, all these hits, all of these issues, all these charges and accusations? How does he manage to do it? So I'm going to share the secret with you. Alvin Bragg indicted him. He was impeached over Ukraine. He was impeached over January 6th. He was impeached for Russia collusion. He was impeached on phony rape charges. He was indicted on phone, accused in phony rape charges. They're investigating him for classified documents. Since he's been out of office, illegal immigration has soared. Since he left as president, crime has almost doubled. Since he left as president, the economy has teetered on the verge of a recession. Oh, my God. Since he left as president, the banks have begun to fail one after the other. Since he left as president, inflation has soared and reduced our incomes enormously. See, one, though, it keeps Donald Trump running, all of those things. That's right. And a sense of outrage and a sense of anger that this beautiful thing he created, this economy he created that does what has almost never happened before, which is economic growth, job creation, no unemployment, no inflation. Unbelievable balancing act. It's like Houdini on the yeah. high high wire act over Niagara Falls. You know, you know, this is the epitome of that saying, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Yeah. It's the epitome it of it. It does. It does. And and the, the balancing act of trying to stimulate the economy just enough to create jobs and new investment, but not too much so that you have inflation and you have too much money and too few goods. Balancing that and getting that right. 
with all the stuff that's happening to him. Yeah, and then Biden comes in and he just screws it all up. He just dumps a boatload of money into the economy. The boatload of money causes a huge amount of inflation. The inflation causes increase in interest rates, which causes the banks to fail, which causes mortgage loans to dry up, which causes the economy to slow down and tilt into a recession. All because Joe Biden dumped this truckload of money into the economy because he wanted to speed up his numbers of economic growth Ugh. in order to get reelected. Oh, and, and the earth is so much cooler. That's what keeps him running. That's what keeps Trump going. Right. This, this, and, and Trump goes to incredible lengths to seal the border. First, he enacts NAFTA that creates a, a, a playing field in trade with Mexico where Mexico does very well. Their economy grows. But he comes to Mexico and he says, unlike other trade deals, in this trade deal, if you have to pay the workers who work on the cars you're selling to us $15 an hour or more, as opposed to like $1 an hour, which they were paying. Right. And if you don't do that, they, the cars can't come in tariff-free. So Mexico goes whoopee, and they <laughs> sign the agreement. They said whoopee? And then Trump comes in and he says, but you have to seal the border. you got to put 28,000 troops on the border to stop people from coming in because once they're in, they get due process rights here in the U.S. Mm -hmm. And he goes through this long, complicated maneuver to create that. And then Biden comes in and he repeals it all. He lifts all of that and they come flooding in. Uh, it's, it's his anger. It's his, his unbelievable disappointment at watching how all of this completely falls apart. What's the upswing for Biden to do that? Uh, he votes. He right. wants the votes of those illegal immigrants. Right. Okay. Each, to each, each person that comes in the, the gate, he feels is a vote for him. Right. Okay. And he's wrong, but that's his, that's his assumption. Mm -hmm. So Biden and DeSantis are running hard against Trump. DeSantis, not quite yet, but he will. I think he's preparing for it. Yeah. But, and, uh, the, um, Pompeo, former Secretary of State, understands how futile it is and he dropped out. Right. But Biden and DeSantis have yet to get the message. And the message is very clear. Never gonna get it, 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 never gonna get it. After the Iowa caucuses, never going to get it. After the New Hampshire primary, never going to get it. After the Republican convention, never going to get it. After the debates in November, never going to get it. After the election, guess what? Never going to get it. So you'd think they'd get the point, but they're only gradually getting it. Um, Let's go. Oh, hey, Judith in Brooklyn. Judith, where have hey, you Judith. been? We missed you last week. Hi. I'm so glad you took my call. Listen, two <laughs> things, okay? Number one, I think it's Billy Joe. Doug, tell me if it's true. Is he denying being that a song called I'm an Innocent Man? Yeah, we played yeah, a lot. Yeah, we did that last yeah. week. Where were you? Oh, really? Well, yeah. guess what? President Trump. The reason I'm listening to you, Dick, and the reason he keeps going 
because he knows he's an innocent man. Yeah. And anyone that's innocent feels they can, and he's good. He wants the best. He's done the best, whatever. And he's perfectly innocent. But let me right. get to this Carol lady. This Carol lady, Dick, they have to investigate her. And who's Carol? She's the rapist. She's the rapey. Yes, yeah, she's yeah. the one. <laughs> Alleged. Claims that he, she's the one that claimed he pushed her into Bertha Goodman's uh, right. dressing room and raped her. Well, guess what? Please investigate this woman because guess what? She wrote a book or something to the effect before this happened about a fantasy with exactly this. Right. Exactly this. So there's something wrong with this woman. They've got to investigate her. She's a liar for sure. And if you want to do anything, you can take her to the Plaza Hotel. Give me a break. Okay? Yeah. Right. I mean, Bloomingdale's dressing room? I saw, yeah. I saw Donald Trump. Like he couldn't Trump. afford a room? I saw the president that morning when uh, that happened, before it went to the news. The accusation. He, yeah. The accusation. He was living. He goes, I don't even know who this girl is. And you had to say it was something. Yeah. He didn't do that. He didn't do that. So, um, yeah, I agree with you. And, you know, the wilder and the more fanciful these accusations get, Judith, the more Trump come, rebounds strongly, right? The more everybody gets the point that they're just out to, just out to get him, right? And that they and and that they there's no substance to any of this stuff. And it's watered down now. They watered it all down. If you keep saying he's doing stuff, after yeah. a while, it's you cry wolf, wolf, right? After two impeachments, after a uh, a, a, a indictment, uh, after breaking into his home and searching. They still don't have anything, so right. it's pretty clear that there's not much going on here. Right. They're just scared. Um, He's in the way. This is a statue you cannot let's go tear to, down. Yeah, that's this right. is a statue you cannot. Tear what Doug's down. referring to is that he did this marvelous painting of a statue of Donald Trump, uh, looking just like God, and he, over it it said, "This is a statue they can't tear down." Yeah, that's great. And Trump loved it, and Doug's going to probably do an oil painting of it. Yeah. So let's go. Let's uh, go. And in a minute, we'll come back and we'll talk about the theme of the entire Trump campaign. And thank you, Judith. This is the Dick Morris Show on 77 WABC. It's Sunday, and you know what that means. Here's Dick Morris on 77 WABC. Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle with you. So Donald Trump has a campaign theme that grows right out of the soil of his indictment. It absolutely sprouts from there. And while it sprouted from uh, speech writing, it sprouts really from Donald Trump's heart. And it says exactly what he believes and it says exactly why he should be reelected. Let's listen to it. But they're not coming after me. They're coming after you. I'm just standing in their way. Mm. They're coming to get you. They're coming for you. Stop it. You're acting like a child. They're coming for you. (laughs) Look, there comes one of them now. Oh, no! Yep, that's uh, that's the campaign theme. Yeah, and it's it's marvelous because it comes out of his worst moment when he is fingerprinted and indicted. Oh, that's so horrible! And yet the the backlash against that is so strong. 
and Trump in that sentence, they're coming, not coming after me, they're coming after you. I'm just standing in the way. Right. Is articulating a magnificent campaign theme that can carry him throughout the entire election and win the election for him. Uh, it's an amazing theme. It's as good a slogan as make America great again. So I spoke with him yesterday and he had just given a speech at the NRA that I thought was an excellent, excellent speech. And uh, I told him how good I thought he was. But I said there are so many new areas in which they're coming after you, after the people, not you. They're coming after the people. And I think you need to explain those and elaborate them so that everybody can understand what's going on mm-hmm. and can see the depth of the of the trouble that the government is making for the average citizen. So let's start with the censorship by private entities. I'm gonna get you. It used to be that government was the danger of censorship. And to counter that, the Founding Fathers put the first past the First Amendment, saying the government shall make no law to abridge the freedom of speech or the freedom of the press. And that has sustained us for over 200 years. But now it's not government that's coming after us. It's the private sector that's coming after us through the Internet. The censorship of news and information that goes on on Google is unbelievable and so much more effective than censorship from the government. Mm. When you enter in Google uh, something like uh, Donald Trump on inflation, you'll get page after page after page of anti-Trump sentiment, uh, knocking him, attacking him, saying that he's at fault. And really, it's only at page three or four or five that you actually get to the Trump wow. point of view. I've looked frequently for ads by Republican candidates so I can see what they're running. And you put it up and all you get for the first two pages are fact checkers telling you that it's not true mm. and that the ads are lie. Not up to community truth. standards and, or whatever. And they're all, they're all just opinion of the left. They're not facts. They're just opinion. So... We have got to deal with this private sector censorship. You wonder why our kids are moving to the left, because that's all they read. Right. They get their info from online, and all they get online is left-wing propaganda, neatly and tailored to fit into the search engines that they use. So what do we do? Well, Congressman Ken Buck, a Republican of Arizona, wants to hold hearings on this with a view toward cracking down on Internet and making them offer equal points of view like they used to, fair, fair comment, they called it. Now, there are so many other respects in which they're coming to get you. Um, the, the left is stopping inheritance of wealth. The goal of the socialists from the very beginning of time has always been to stop people from passing their wealth on to the next generation because it creates income inequality in that next generation. It gives some people a head start and others start off behind the eight ball. And the effort to eliminate that by taxing inheritance and other stuff is something that we live with. And 
we but we find ways around it. We find ways to leave our property so the government can't get its hands on it. But now there's a new scheme going on, which is absolutely, absolutely awful. They are jimmying and monkeying with the capital gains tax so that you have to pay it not when you sell your property, but when you die. So when you die, as they cart your body out the front door, the order is coming in in the back door to appraise your house and say, how much did it increase in value during your lifetime, Mr. and Mrs. Dead Guy? And they check it out and they say, well, you bought the house at $50,000. It's now worth 250000 You owe us capital gains on the two hundred, <laughs> But the guy's dead. So the heirs now owe the $200,000. But the heirs didn't get any money. The house never sold. It stays in their hands. And unless they come up with the money, they can't pay 40% of the $200,000 capital gains. What happens is it's going to be foreclosed. And you won't be able to leave your family farm or your house or your mom and pop business to your heirs because they won't be able to pay the capital gains tax. And it's a deliberate effort by the socialists to stop inheritance. Oh, my God. It's what, it's what they did in Britain after World War II, and that's why all of these national trust homes are, are in a national trust, not in private hands, because the heirs couldn't pay the tax on Can it. Can you sell it to your kids for like 20 bucks before you die? Hey, no, because no, because it's, it's the fair market value. The appraiser comes in and says, not worth 20, it's worth a million. Huh. And the uh, so... The left has always been trying to do this, but now it becomes legal because the capital gains tax tolls, it's called, upon the death of the person. When you have, when the heirs have no money, when they're grieving, when they have no capacity to pay it, and then the property gets taken away. That's horrible. And that's the goal of the left. That's horrible. But there's more. There's a they're lot coming more. to take me away, ha-ha, they're coming to take me away, ho-ho, hee-hee, ha-ha, to the funny farm where life is beautiful all the time, and I'll be happy to see those nice young men in their clean white coats, and they're coming to take me away, ha-ha, to the happy home with trees and flowers and chirping birds and... Okay, we got it, we got it. <laughs> That's good. I thought of that early this morning. That's the problem I grew up, huh? And they're coming to take you away... In two respects that completely handcuff you in your efforts to earn a living and in your efforts to keep a job. Start with forced unionization. The, uh, there used to be a law, there used to be a practice all over the country where labor unions would have closed shops where to get a job in a given employer, you have to have, uh, you have to join a union. And if you don't, you can't get a job. You can't work there. Right. So 27 states passed right-to-work laws, many of them by popular referendum, saying that you can't do that, that you cannot force someone to join a union as a condition of employment. How many states did you say? 27. Mm, good. Well, the PRO Act, that as always is mislabeled by the left, protect right to organize, has, is gonna, has passed the House and under Biden, uh, and we'll pass the Senate now, but the, they wanted to pass both houses and become a law. And it provides that the right-to-work laws in 27 states are hereby repealed. 
So any business can say you have to work for a union to get your job. And while we can stop this bill now because we control the House, after the election of 24, who knows? Mm. And if the Democrats control both houses, you will be forced to join the union in order to get a job there. Once again, for votes, the Democrats are thinking about this. Not just votes, money. Their major source of income is campaign contributions from union funds. Oh, yeah. And the workers have no choice in that. The money is taken right out of their salary in the, when they get paid, mm-hmm. and it's earmarked for, union, for the labor union, and within that pot, it's earmarked for union dues. And then the union takes that money and gives it to the Democratic Party, and it's its major source of money. But the second thing that screws you on employment, sends you to the funny farm, is the, the author of that song, by the way, was Napoleon the Fourteenth. <laughs> <laughs> there was none, but you know right. that's fine. Louis yeah. the Louis the Fourteenth and Napoleon the First. And what it does is unbelievable. I've talked about this before, but it bears repetition because it's a huge threat. Right now, many of the people listening to this show may work for themselves. They may be their own bosses, like I am. Doug is. Uh, you come in, you work for a client, you work do the show. Uh, Doug does artwork. Doug restores cars and paintings. Um, other people paint walls. Other people um, are Uber drivers, mm-hmm. Lyft drivers. Uh, there are all kinds of people who work as independent contractors. Or freelancers, sure. Freelancers. Mm-hmm. Mom-and-pop stores. Um, individual solo practitioners, be they lawyers, doctors, or whatever. This right to, this PRO Act, Protect the Right to Organize, makes that illegal. Illegal. It says that in order to be a solo practitioner, you have to meet this requirement. What you do for your client cannot be what the client does routinely in his business. It has to be extraneous. So, for example, if you sign on with a videographer company and you're a videographer and you say, I'm here to create, to shoot videos, you cannot be an independent contractor. You can't shoot videos for a company that produces videos. It's okay if you sweep their floor, (laughs) but if you do what they're in business to do, you can't do it. This is really hard to believe. And you have to join a union. And if you don't, not, not union. You have to join their payroll. Wow. You have to be on salary, which means they withhold they withhold income taxes, wages, uh, FICA, and everything else. And if you don't, they fine the employer, the client, five thousand dollars a day. So it has real teeth, and it means that many of the thirty million people who are self-employed are going to have to stop it and join payrolls of companies forced onto payrolls, and then forced into unions. I think what I'm going to do is identify as a guy that's in the union. <laughs> it uh, it comes, it, it, they come one after the other. And it ends up meaning that you have to be a wage slave. You have to go by the rules. Mm-hmm. If your income is higher than is the than the totem pole says it should be, mm-hmm. you got to go back to the totem pole level, and uh, and you absolutely lose the right of free choice. Um, so when we come back, we will talk about more assaults on our freedom, more respect 
in which they're coming to get you. This is the Dick Morris Show. It's Sunday, and you know what that means. Here's Dick Morris on 77 WABC. Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle with you. Let's go to Tom on the Jersey Shore. Hi, Tom. Hey, Tom. Hey, Dick, how are you? Pleasure to talk to you. I Good. really enjoy watching you on television and listening to you, but I, I think you might might have misspoken about a capital gains on the sale of a residential property. If the uh, surviving spouse um, is, is alone and sells within two years, uh, well, first of all, the, the capital gains is, a, is 250 If both spouses sell, the capital gains... Exclusion is 500000 I know that, Tom, and I wrote that provision when I worked for Bill Clinton. Uh, I got it passed. But this law would supersede that. This law says that the limit on capital gains taxation for the sale of residences uh, is superseded, and the heirs have to pay capital gains tax on the full increment of value that took place before their parents' death. Good point, but it, they've, they've thought of that already. Thanks for calling, Tom. Um, now, the but the, the the parade continues here of efforts to come and get you. Donald Trump's line, they're coming to get me. They're coming to get you, not me. I'm just standing in the way. And this is, these are yet more examples. Here I come, baby. I'm coming to get you. So, <laughs> Jimmy Hendrix. Jimmy Hendrix. So, one way that they are coming to get you is by snooping on you in your home. They are encouraging the government and the power companies are encouraging people to install smart electric meters. And right now, it's encouraging, but soon it'll be requiring. And the smart electric meter keeps track not just of the aggregate amount of electric power you're using in your house. But in what room you're using it, at what time of day you used it, for how long you used it, and how much you used. And keeps that record intimately for each room of your house. So it can tell who you have living with you, how many people are in your house, are you conducting an unlicensed business from your home, Uh, are you working at night or during the day. It can keep track of every use of power in your home. Now, the government says, oh, we're just doing this to help people conserve power Mm -hmm. by giving them details about their electric bills so that they'll know what their problem is. Like they didn't know that they leave their living room lights on all the time. they're going to call you night. Or they didn't know that they uh, leave the air conditioner on at night. Mm -hmm. But in addition to being so helpful in telling you this, this information can be sold to vendors, to people who market to you and advertise, it can be subpoenaed by any government agency, like IRS, DEA, huh. um, CIA, big NSA, can, soup, can subpoena it. And in criminal investigations, it supersedes the Fourth Amendment right against warrantless searches and seizures because installation of the meter is voluntary. So where were you on the night of the murder? You won't have to – you, you won't have to – not you can't not answer that question 
because it's right there in your records. And this is an effort to completely override the right of privacy at home. And as all of these things are, it has a theoretically good motive, in this case, conserve power. But in fact, it's the grand power to the power companies and to the government to monitor every single thing you do. About two-thirds of American homes now have smart meters. And the power company comes in and says, we'd like to replace your meter with something more up-to-date. And people agree to it. It gets installed. And you're, you're trapped. Now, you can order it removed. And it's very important that you do so. Otherwise, they can keep track of exactly what you're doing, how you're living your life. And that would be terrible. The other respect in which they're invading you and coming for you is they want to force your retirement savings into ESG investments, which they approve of in their social war uh, to enforce uh, woke, the woke agenda. Mm. So they are, so what they're doing is saying to 401k retirees, you, we want you to put your investments into woke for into woke investments, even if they return a lower return, even if you don't make as much money as you could elsewhere, because at least you're vindicating the social agenda. You're you're fighting global warming. You're fighting climate change. You're fighting racism. You're doing all kinds of great <laughs> things with your money, but you're just making less money. And the fact is that the fiduciaries, the financial advisors who are now allowed to steer you into this investment and are even allowed to make this the default mechanism for choosing investments where they just do it and they don't even tell you. They make a lot more money in management fees from ESG investments. Oh, really? So they might make 4% or 5% extra if you place your stuff in the ESG investment. So everybody has an incentive but you. They have an incentive to put your money into ESG investments, even though it's very clear that ESG investments return less than regular investments. What does that stand for again? ESG ESG is uh, election, so electorate, social, and governance. No environment, social, and governance. Right, got it. So standards to improve those three things. Mm -hmm. Uh, Basically, the whole woke agenda. And what they're trying to do is ask, because they, they no longer control Congress and they can't control the money through the appropriations process, they now want to use the ESG process of investment to control your money after your death. So this is incredible. It just goes on and on and oh on. God. Now we'll talk about a few more. Basically, want to control us every angle, every part of every our angle, life. and they are so creative in how to do that. Right? They've come up with so many uh, unbelievable gimmicks to do that, and they make it sound like it's so good for the environment. And for one you. of the key ones, probably the major one, 
is CBDC, Central Bank Digital Currency, CBDB. And this would replace money, replace cash, with debit cards issued by the central bank. All purchases, everything you buy, would be chronicled into these digital records. And there could be one place where they could go to look down the list and see everything you bought, from chewing gum to an assault rifle. Everything you bought. And this is akin to the practice in China, (laughs) where 140 million people are monitored by the government through CBDC. Central Bank Digital Currency. And they use that CBDC to make social, political reliability scores, like credit ratings. So everybody gets a score based on what they buy and what they do and how they live their lives. And that score entitles you to get a house, to get a mortgage, to get a job, to get kids to go to college. And it entitles you to take a train or a plane, otherwise you can't. And uh, every everything you need to live is controlled by this. And this is coming to the United States. Already we know of banks that have denied loans and even checking accounts to conservative organizations, uh, not permitting them because they're too conservative, they're too, they're white supremacists or extremists or whatever. Mm. And it's easy to see how this could be extended until you could be literally shut out of the financial system. Um, Sandra called in from New Jersey with some thoughts about this. Let's see. Hi, Hi Sandra. Hi, Sandra. Oh, good afternoon. Thank you for taking my call, uh, Dick, and hi, Doug. I watched your show last night, as I always do, and you mentioned um, Ron DeSantis uh, with the banking, the digital banking thing, and he would be opposed to that, and you called him Paul Revere, and I liked that. And then I thought for the first time, I never wanted uh, Ron DeSantis to run against Trump because I wanted Trump to run in peace, but now I look at things differently. I would like Ron DeSantis to remain governor because he's so, so strong yes. and smart. And I think that other governors always want to be the same. So he has a perfect example of them to follow. Yeah. And yeah. I think he should remain governor because we need more good governors. You're completely, to make every- I agree with you completely, Sandra. Completely. Uh, you know, I oppose DeSantis in the presidential race, but this is an instance in which he is taking the lead and doing it very well. Uh, basically, there's no handbook for governors. Uh, there is for senators. There are issues that are voted on. Everybody briefs them. Everybody knows about them. Everybody lobbies on them. Mm-hmm. But governor, you're kind of making it up on your own. And DeSantis has absolutely been incredibly creative in coming up with use, how to use state legislation and state power, which is way below federal power, to accomplish something. And this bill that Sandra is referring to made it illegal for any Floridian to use central bank digital currency, uh, which he can do as governor, and that's a great idea. And this central bank digital currency is absolutely terrifying. It gives the government the right to keep track of every dime you spend. They can sell it to private vendors. It can be subpoenaed by the IRS or the DEA or the NSA, or anybody that wants to see it. Uh, it's as public as your tax returns could end up being. 
And uh, it's he, a power grab. It's a control. Incredible, thing. unbelievable power grab. Mm. But don't go away. There's more. We'll talk about it when we get back. This is the Dick Morris Show. He's been advisor to Presidents Clinton and Trump. And now, he's here to advise us all. Dick Morris is on 77 WABC. Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle with you. Before we go on to more of these assaults on our freedom, let's go to Pamela in Central Jersey, who has a thought about smart meters. Hi, Pamela. Thank you. I've been... Thank you. Uh, I've been uh, fighting against the dying of the light, as the poet says, as much as I can. And I've been trying to tell my neighbors about what's going on. PSE&G here in Clifton, they forced a smart meter on us. And in little small print, it said you can opt out. So I called the company and I said, I opt out. Oh, they didn't like that. Mm. And they said, well, after a year, I have a a, a two-rental dwelling, but no renters uh, at the moment because I'm trying to get out of this state. And um, they said at, at January 2024, 20, uh, you're going to have to pay $12 a meter. And, and uh, we've been getting so much um, of this ESG garbage uh, laid on us. If you own a uh, rental, the uh, Murphy is coming down on us. We, we're getting uh, notes about lead in your house. All the houses around here have lead. But what, what are you, you saying about smart it, meters, uh, Pamela? How, they, okay. they force you to have them? Yeah, they all they did. They sent us a letter saying smart meters will be placed in your mm. house, uh, mm. and and it could be at any time. Yeah. But in very small print, it said you can opt out, but you can only opt out for a year. Then they're going to uh, blackmail you and charge you right. twelve dollars a Extortion. meter. Incredible. Thank you, Pamela. Thank you, Pamela. Let's go Great. to Linda in Long Island. Also about smart smart meters. Hi. Hi, Linda. Thank Thank you very much. I couldn't believe that you were talking about this today because right now it's quiet. But I, I just went through a whole thing. I'm not the only one with the smart meter. She said $12, um, uh, what she said, a meter? Yeah. I have a regular, just a regular house. I'm a borderline. I'm Con Edison. It's borderline Long Island and Queens. Mm-hmm. Um, I first was getting phone calls. And the reason I didn't want the only reason I didn't want it um, was because of I was told that it co- causes cancer. Yes. And I'm a cancer survivor. Well, it's, it's I, I don't. There is definitely a risk involved. So go ahead. What happened? Getting phone calls. And then someone, a woman, was sitting in front of my house. For, I was told by my neighbor because I was at the doctor. For two hours, she never called me. And they, if you don't do it, they're going to charge you $100 a month. And then um, they will call. I'm sorry, Sam. I'm sorry. I want to. And um, they, they would call me every single day. Then they started calling three times a day. The company kind wow, of hired. I'm not kidding. I my said, God. this harassment. I don't yeah. understand this. Well, thank you, Linda, for sharing the story. And thank congratulations you, on beating cancer. cancer. Uh, Dick, as a now, matter of fact, tell me about that, causing cancer. What are they doing? Well, there are a lot of theories that the radiation from smart meters can cause cancer. Why it's scanning your house? The, the yeah, well, it's 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 communicating oh, from one room to oh, the other. Oh, and that's how they know you're in one. Oh, that's right. Mm, that's I don't. Right. I don't know. I got to think about this. Look. So, up. one of the other respects in which they are trying, they are coming for us, as Trump said, is that they are killing small community banks. One of the big unheralded freedoms in the United States 
is we do not have a uniform banking system. In Germany and in France and in Britain, you only have a small number of banks you can choose from. Uh, one bank, one government, one economy, one set of controls. And uh, in the United in Japan, that's true as well. But in the United States, there are thousands of banks. Uh, in 2010, there were 6,600 banks. Uh, now there are 4,800, a 37% decrease. And the number of banks is very important. First of all, it means the government can't control the whole financial system. It means there still is an element of free choice driven in part by the consumer. Good. Secondly, it means that there is a local bank in your community that does what banks are supposed to do. It takes your deposits, keeps them on deposit, and then passes them out to your neighbors in loans to buy cars and real estate and home improvements. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's what's supposed to happen. Instead, there are big national banks that take it over. They never heard of your community, never heard about your neighborhood. And don't care. And they don't care. And they're going to do everything they can basically to make, to lend on the global market. And you, it's more likely that you have a loan to a, to a company in Germany than to a company next door. Hmm. And the way the government is killing community banks is first of all, they're saying that they will only bail out TBTF banks too big to fail. TBTB. TBTF. Too big to fail. And with the Silicon Valley Bank, that's what they did. They only bailed out big banks. And therefore, if you're a depositor in a small bank, you could be in trouble. Secondly, they only insure deposits of more than $250,000 per customer. And they only do that for big banks. So if you're, if you're, if you're rich and you have a big account, don't put it in a small bank because the odds are they won't insure it. And thirdly, and most importantly, every bank needs liquidity to function. In other words, they don't keep all your money on deposit all the time. Now, if too many people walk in and say they want their money, sometimes that's a full-blown panic. It requires a major response. But every single day, people are asking for their money, and it becomes very important that the Fed loan window is open so banks can constantly borrow money to maintain their liquidity. And the Fed is increasingly refusing to give liquidity to small banks, forcing them to merge in with larger banks. And that's how 2,000 banks died in the last 10 years, and they're working on killing the rest. The other respect in which there is there is a real threat of takeover by the forces trying to control us surfaced during the last pandemic. It has now become a fact and revealed that the Center for Diseases Control, CDC, in fact bought cell phone and mobile phone records from the phone companies to find out where their customers were during the lockdown period. Did you stay locked down? Did you visit your Aunt Tilly? In the, in the next neighborhood. Uh, did you take a vacation? Did you go to school? Did you go to church? What? Where were you during the pandemic? And the goal here is to enforce lockdowns 
uh, sometimes by prohibiting travel, other times by going after people that traveled and trying to increase their rates uh, for uh, for utilities or for cell phone coverage, um, or just enforcing them because they violated the quarantine law. And this excuse of the of the uh, of the pandemic to promote this kind of totalitarian observation is, I think, a very serious one. I believe, I believe they're going to make, make a new pandemic or something up where you have to wear the mask, you can't go into the store. I just know that's going to happen I, again. I think you're right. I think you're right. Okay, let's take some of these calls. They look real good. Let's go to Elaine in New Jersey. Hi, Elaine. Hi. Thank God you're talking about this. I am going through hell. The Board of Public Utilities, they're complicit with them. They told me, please be aware that opting out, I, I didn't want the meter. They forced it on me, and they won't give me back my, and you know they're getting kickbacks for it. Were you aware of that? Uh, no, I was not. Yeah, they get kickbacks. They sent me a letter from Board of Public it's, it's all BS. Please be aware that opting out of the smart meter program does not preclude PSC&G from replacing your meter with a digital meter. Well, that's a smart meter. A digital a smart meter is yep. it? it. You're absolutely right. And and it is it is terrifying what they're doing. And with the with the ability that gives them to snoop on you is unbelievable. What were you doing at 3 o'clock in the morning with the lights on in your bedroom? You opened up your refrigerator and Um, you're getting fat. What were you doing keeping the air conditioner on all night and all day when it was uh, 70 degrees outside? Uh, Even though you're paying for the power, you absolutely can't use it without the Snoop people coming in and getting you. Snoop people. Um, Let's go to Gordon in Brooklyn. Hey, Gordon. Uh, yes, Dick, it's great listening to you each week. Uh, last week you mentioned the plan of the Democrats uh, in California, including Governor Newsom, to uh, give large cash payments to black, all the black people in California as reparations for slavery. Yes. I have two fast comments about that. First of all, there's no black who's alive today who is a slave. And also, needless to say, there's no white person alive today who owns slaves. Who yep. owns slaves? And California was a free state back then. Um, and by the way, when we say reparations, Gordon, let's be specific. Their plan is to give three hundred and sixty thousand dollars a piece oh to God. every black citizen in California. Unbelievable. What is that number? About how many? Do you think? It costs over $700 billion, and they'll pay for it with bond issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, Gordon, there's another point that I made. Let me stress here. There is a political motivation for this that nobody was writing about. Um, Gavin Newsom, the governor of California, wants to run for the Democratic nomination for president. He wants to force Biden out. And if Biden pulls out, he wants to be first in line. So what he's doing is passing this bill in California. California is not important in the nominating process because it comes very late. But South Carolina, which is 60% black, 
is the first state in line. Mm. And he figures that by bribing the black citizens of California, he can develop tremendous support among the black voters in South Carolina and use that to topple uh, Joe Biden. Sounds uh, racist to me. Well, it, it sounds cynical and horrible and basically a, a public bribe. I want to say one last thing about this. Climate change. The left loves to talk about that, and it becomes central to them. But they don't realize one fundamental fact. Climate change is made in China. It ought to have a label on it like the (laughs) sneakers do, made in China. Because the United States and Europe and Japan have cut back their carbon emissions so dramatically that it is incredible. The United States cut it back in half. And China, while that's happening, has expanded theirs exponentially. Um, Ten years ago, the United States generated 20% of the world's carbon emissions. Now we're generating 17%. And ten years ago, China was generating 15%, and now it's generating more than 40%. Oh, my God, it's flipped. Absolutely flipped. And the carbon doesn't know what country it's in. <laughs> it's a the world's round and the common atmosphere. So when Biden deals with China and talks about human rights and talks about the Ugars and talks about everything else, for goodness sakes, if you're serious about climate change, that should be topic number one mm-hmm. because they are invading the rest of the world by screwing up our climate. And uh, I don't know if you think climate change is real or not. I'm not a scientist. I'm not going to comment on that. and It's not going to deal with its causality. But the one thing I do know is the cure for it is carbon reducing carbon emissions. And China is making more carbon every day. They open a new coal plant every single week, even as we're closing them down. Wow. So we've had a good show, I but hope. do they have smart meters? Yeah, right. And what we dealt with here is why Trump is running, because he wants to restore the good that he did. And DeSantis and Biden are fading fast. Uh, they're not going to get it. <laughs> and uh, when Trump says that they're not coming for him, they're coming for you, I just happen to be in the way. We articulated a variety of ways in which they're coming for you. Uh, censorship on the Internet, making it impossible to leave your property to your kids, forcing you into labor unions, making it impossible for you to be self-employed, forcing you onto corporate payrolls, using smart meters to snoop in your homes, forcing you to put your life savings in politically correct investments, stopping you from using cash and requiring you to use digital currency, killing your local bank and replacing it with national banks and the CDC spying on you during the pandemic. Thank you, buddy. Thank Thank you very much.